everyone. I'm your host, Heather Ashley, and welcome to another episode of Women of Her Story, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women who have made or are making their mark on our society. Today, I have with me the co-founder, CEO, and Chief Purpose Officer of Blank Page, Cindy Lake. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. How have you been doing these days? Really good. It's been an interesting journey um, of uh, change and transformation and pivots. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, at the end of the day, I really hope some of those changes and pivots stick with us even when everything kind of goes back to normal, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so it's been a bit of a gift um, from our perspective. Absolutely. It's so interesting. It's been interesting for me to watch all these different industries figure out how to uh, continue to function under and quickly. I feel like Mm -hmm. people pretty quickly figured out how to transfer everything to function in this. uh, We're at the time of this recording in the self-isolation. Hopefully by the time it releases, we'll be won't be. (laughs) No, you know, it's, it's interesting. People, um, as human beings, we're wired to grow and evolve and adapt. And, and I think what has happened in our roles and our jobs and the, and the ways that we've defined ourselves before all of this, um, we got a bit complacent and, and we lost the muscle. Um, and when something like this happens, we dig deep and we realize we have that muscle. We always had that muscle. And the constraints that we've been putting on ourselves suddenly aren't real anymore, and we can mm-hmm. figure it out. And I, that's the part I love about this. There's a lot of tragedy um, in this crisis, um, mm-hmm. for sure. But the resiliency of humans is pretty fascinating and yeah. remarkable. So let's dive right on in. Do you mind sharing with us exactly what Blank Page is? Yeah. Uh, so Blank Page is technically a design firm, but it's a, it's about people. And so what we are doing every day is helping individuals, teams, organizations create the conditions for them to do the best work of their lives. Mm. Um, and so that's a really big space. And the reason we call it Blank Page is we want the people that we work with to create that space for themselves. And so really all we do is kind of release them from just what we were talking about, the artificial constraints, the woulda, coulda, shouldas, the Mm. things that get in their way of just doing remarkable work. Um, And it's so fun because you just get to step back and watch this amazingness just happen in front of you. And um, it's really rewarding um, for us. And so it's been a lifelong dream. It's something I realized really early in my career that I loved doing for my teams Mm. was just kind of charting a course for them and then setting them off and letting them do amazing things. So now I get to do that every day. That's so much, that's so much fun. Did you have experiences in, uh, before you founded, um, blank page, did you have experiences that even that doubled down your passion and drive to create this? I did, Um, both on the positive and the negative. So our (laughs) life stories are pretty interesting. We learn a lot in the lows and the highs. But um, early in my career, um, I was fortunate to 
kind of check all the traditional business boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I made it to executive leadership pre thirties, um, and mm. got there and looked around and realized that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Mm. Um, and I had a really amazing coach that just looked me eyeball to eyeball and said, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> this is so contrary to who you are and your values and how you feel about people. Like you need to break away and do something different. Um, so that was the first big moment of truth for me was that, uh, you know, offices and money and fame and all of that wasn't really what it was all about. Mm-hmm. It was really about people for me. And so that was my first pivot point. And then um, I had a second big moment of truth about 10 years later when I was working at Intuit, um, which I loved my time at Intuit. Um, but what I realized after about 10 years was I was kind of back on that gerbil wheel of PowerPoints and meetings, and I wasn't working with people again, Mm -hmm. um, the way that I really wanted to work with people. And so I declared that I was going to take a sabbatical, um, lead, take a sabbatical and and rethink how I ground to my purpose, which is Mm -hmm. to help people. And, um, that sabbatical lasted a whole weekend. <laughs> uh, and I was um, invited back to Intuit to do the work that I really loved doing, which was working with people. Ah. And, um, and from there, it just kind of emerged. And the whole blank page concept really materialized um, about three years after that when my husband, uh, who was working for Motorola at the time, uh, was let go after Google acquired them. Um, which mm-hmm. is not unusual right. when one company acquires another one. Um, and he looked across the desk one day and said, hey, I like what you're doing better than what I'm doing. Let's like do this thing together. Oh, oh that'd be awesome. And he said, but I really hate the name of your practice. And back <laughs> then it had a different name. And I said, okay, well, let's figure this out. And um, we went on this just ridiculous journey. We hired marketing consultants and we asked friends and like nowhere were we getting anywhere with the name for this company. And um, so I finally, I'm going to tell you a story. You probably want to edit this one out, but um, (laughs) I was, I was driving through California and, um, and I was trying really hard to lean into his need to have something that sounded kind of Silicon Valley. That's where he grew up. Those Mm -hmm. are his roots. And um, so I'm like, Oh, organization and people will put those two words together and we'll say Orgle. And so I called him up and I'm like, and he's like, oh, I like it. I'm like, I don't love it, but I, I can lean in. And I said, look it up and see if it means anything. And he called back and he says, you're, I still want it. You're going to hate it. And I'm like, then we're not using it. <laughs> and it turned out that Orgle is the word used for when llamas are doing the, the <laughs> and I said, you know, and I said to him, I'm oh like, look, God. there's no way I'm going to stand on a TEDx stage someday <laughs> and have everyone Googling Orgle. Like it's just not going to happen. Uh, um, so I put oh this big, gosh. huge piece of paper on the table and I said, we're just going to start with a blank page and figure this out. And he's like, Oh, that's the name of the company. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that's what you do for people. He's like, you help them honor, respect, celebrate, and put away the past so that they can get to a blank page and write a new story to go forward. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, really I've been doing that my whole life and I didn't even realize it. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's just a natural part of my DNA, which is probably why I find such joy right. in what we get to do. Yeah. That is hysterical. And yeah, I'm definitely leaving it in. That can't be edited out. That's 
hysterical. <laughs> it's an interesting exercise in collaboration for it sure. Is. <laughs> oh my gosh. And also a lesson in probably Google made up words always because you might think you made it up, but it probably means something else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, did you encounter any particularly difficult moments while creating this business, this firm? Wow. Um, yes. Um, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to put a footnote on it in that um, I thrive on challenges. So um, it doesn't take me long to figure out the silver lining of the challenge. But yes, there's definitely some. I think, uh, first of all, um, what we do is uh, there's much bigger companies out there that you know purport to do what we do. And as we say in, in our business, no one ever loses their job from hiring McKinsey or Bain or, or Deloitte or any of the big houses, right? So it's a risk to go with a small firm that you know we have five employees. Um, you know, so so that's a risk for people. Um, so while they might fall in love with our what we do and how we do it. Um, it's harder to advocate for that if they're nervous, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that was the first thing. The second thing is, is we're a family business. Um, and so as we brought in employees to a family dynamic, um, we had to be really thoughtful and intentional about what was the culture we wanted to create and how did we want to maintain that culture throughout everything that we do. Mm. Um, so that was an interesting challenge. And then I think the third challenge was um, when we first started out, it was the Cindy show, right? People mm -hmm. were buying Cindy. They weren't buying blank page. Mm. Uh, and so from a scalability perspective, it got really interesting because it's like, well, I can't be in three places at one time. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really interesting journey. And we, we've overcome those things which has been really cool to watch. Um, but they were real. They were tangible and real challenges for us being successful. And we had to be really careful about how we made decisions and what we chose. Mm -hmm. Has it been everything that you thought it would be? For the most part, yes. Um, I think the, the thing every day that I get up and, and want a little bit more of is, we get a lot of feedback that says what we do makes such a difference. And so the question we're always asking every day is how can we get that to more people? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not even about money. It's about, we truly want to give the stuff that we have to as many people as we can in the world. Um, and so that's the only thing that kind of quote unquote keeps me up at night is how do we do that? Like how might we just, you know, get it, roll it to the world. Um, so that the world can be the only thing we haven't cracked the code on, <laughs> um, but we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever feel unsure of yourself? Every day. Every day. Every how do you, day. How do you get through those moments of insecurity? You know, I think for me, and, and I don't know that this is the healthiest way to get through those moments of insecurity, but um, for me, it's really immersing myself in something that I really genuinely care about, that I can be curious about, that I can be creative with, that I can exert a little bit of courage around mm -hmm. um, and really have the commitment to, to stick through to the end on it. So figuring it out, right? Um, there's a sense of accomplishment there um, that I still 
in that moment, I'm like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, when I, and then, but then you walk away and you're like, well, is it that cool? <laughs> you know? And so, and so um, you know, that's my one strategy. My other strategy is I have a really great um, tight little network. I'm a bit of an introvert, so I don't have hundreds of people, but I have a little circle. They're my personal board of directors who I really rely on to kind of gut check me, if mm-hmm. you will, you know, that kind of hold the mirror up and go, really, you're going to play that tape because mm-hmm. that tape's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I really have honesty in my life and I need it um, because it's really easy for me to um, fall into almost that imposter syndrome or, you know, yeah. I'm not good enough or um, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you can tell a tale pretty quickly in your head. Mm-hmm. Um and so I really rely on that, that board of directors to just kind of say, mm, not today. <laughs> You're not going to go. Yeah. There. Yeah. Does it help having your husband and it being a, a family operator? It's small, you've got to tighten it, or does it kind of, does it transfer over into personal life sometimes? Is it yeah. tough to keep them separate? You know, it was at first, because at first we were doing it out of the house. And so it was just omnipresent, right? The work was there, the house was there, everything was there, and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so about two years ago, we went ahead and bit the bullet and got a studio in downtown Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a place to go where we do work and then we go home. And that has helped a ton because mm-hmm. there's boundaries there, right? And, and it bleeds a little bit, but not anything like it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually working with my husband's the easiest component of the family business. Um, he's, he and I are so different that we're complementary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he is, he's just phenomenal at the process and the operations and the money and like all of that, which just allows me the freedom to be creative and to be Mm -hmm. completely present with people. Mm -hmm. And so those two things together go really well. Uh, The family dynamic that has been harder and a real journey for me is um, both my children work for the company as well. Mm. Um, And so the the mom-boss dynamic, right, has been the one that has been the, and the first time my son called me Cindy, I was like, what? Like, excuse, excuse me, <laughs> um, but you know now I'm used to it, and now if he slips up and calls me mom, he's mortified, especially if it's in front of a client, right? So um, that one's been kind of interesting, but we've we've just had really it's actually brought us closer because I've been able to have just really honest conversations um, that I probably wouldn't have had with them as a mom, right? Because I just see a whole different side and dimension of their life, um, so that's been pretty cool. Um, but we do sometimes have a no work conversation rule. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could uh, happen at like a Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, no work talk. That's Everyone right. else says no politics talk. You're like, no, That's no, right. nothing no about work. the firm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We have a no politics rule too, but... <laughs> <laughs> most favorite thing about running your own business? I think the most favorite thing for me and running my own business is just the possibility. There's, there, there are no constraints, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there is an accountability to making good decisions and staying focused. Um, But at the end of the day, um, anything's possible. Mm. And I really love 
that. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that really is powerful for me is um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in the power of smart. When you're running your own business, um, you, you get to make smart, fast decisions mm. um, and learn quickly from them and, mm -hmm. um, because you're taking fierce responsibility for them. Right. I think for me, if I were running my own business, I, I, don't, I do fine with authority. But, but, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm my own boss, like, right. you know, and, but then on that same token, you have to say, I am the boss. So all of it's on me, which I would not do well with. <laughs> well, it's interesting you bring that up because that's a, that's probably something that as you met, as you said that it really jarred for me a thought that one of the things I love about my role in this firm is that it gives me a platform and the opportunity every day to also be my best self mm -hmm. um, because because i believe that being a role model is so important because i believe in authenticity um, it, it helps me be my best self too right and so which is really interesting because um get left to your own devices um it's easy to be inside out, right? As opposed to outside in. Right. Um, and so I literally get this really cool opportunity. Like I coach people all over the world around, you know, this is how you handle a difficult situation and this is how you show compassion and whatever the topic is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have this sandbox every single day where I get to practice yeah. those things. Um, explicitly. And so I'll tell people that I'm working with, the only difference between me and you is I might figure out faster that I'm going down a wrong path, but that's because it's, I get to be in the sandbox all day long, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to just visiting the sandbox. Right. And I love that. I mean, it's like my Peloton instructor. The reason she's so amazing <laughs> is because she's in the Peloton studio all day long, right? Yeah. yeah. I visit her, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, it's, yeah. It's the same concept. And so that is such a gift um, to me because at the end of the day, I'm still on a journey. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still evolving. Um, and I just love that I get to make it a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. That's so much fun. Is there a speaker, author, performer, athlete, whoever, who uh, is particularly inspiring you right now or in the last few years? Wow. Um, oh, there's so many. I'm an avid reader, so mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a junkie when it comes to books. Um, you can have and, a few. Yeah. Um, let me think about that one for a second. Who's really top of mind for me? So there's someone he's he's not that well he's not that well known, but he's going to probably become well known. His name's Mike McConti. Mike's out of Minneapolis. Um, he's had a really interesting career, but but the reason I'm so um, um, connected and enthralled with Mike McConti is because he has started this whole movement around humans first. Mm. Um, and I just love what he's been able to accomplish in just connecting human beings together, um, to have meaningful conversations, to be there for each other. The people I've met through him have just been fascinating. Mm. Um, and I just am in awe of his passion to create a movement like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's really an interesting one and probably not on the mainstream. Um, 
uh, this is going to be a really off the, the cuff one, but it's funny that you asked me that because I was actually just looking at this guy. Um, so his name is um, Vincent Michael. And he, and he is, um, he wouldn't call himself a preservationist. He, he believes in conservation. Um, but he has just done some amazing work around this concept of the past is our future. And how do we keep those two things together? How do we, how do we hold the stories of, of who we are and where we came from as part of the momentum to where we're going? And a lot of his work has to do with buildings and spaces and physical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a beautiful metaphor for us as human beings, too, because mm -hmm. we don't get to abandon our story. Um, it's part of who we are. So the question is, what do we do with that story? How can it shape us and inform us and, and, and be a catalyst for us as we go forward into our lives? Um, so those are two people that are kind of top of mind for me. I've got the normal other suspects. Uh, Liz Weissman <laughs> is um, someone that I really admire, and um, and I'm a Simon Sinek junkie. So <laughs> my husband thinks I have a crush on him. I don't, but I, <laughs> but I really do. I really do love. I really do love um, how he uh, puts things into perspective and talks about topics that are really truly important mm -hmm. um, for us as people and as leaders and as citizens in our world. Um, I think he just does a beautiful job of it. Mm. Do you have any advice for anyone wanting to go into business for themselves? Mm. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first piece of advice I would give is get really clear on what your personal purpose is. Um, if you try to do a business that's out of alignment with your purpose um, and your passion, you will eventually hit the wall. Mm. You, won't, you won't be able to work through all of the challenges and um, not holes that you're inevitably gonna face. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you're clear on your purpose, it gives you actually more choices. Mm -hmm. um, of how to get there, of how to accomplish that purpose. Whereas when we start with what we want to do, I want to do this thing. What happens is, is when we hit that wall, and this happened for a lot of people I know um, in the coaching and the speaking industry as coronavirus kind of hit, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to be a speaker, right? And so they had all these speaking engagements lined up and then they all canceled. And now they were sitting at home going, oh my gosh, my business model just failed. Well, if they had approached it from my purpose is, mm. and speaking is a channel by which I'm going to achieve that purpose, they would have been able to more easily and more quickly pivot. Mm -hmm. um, now, a lot of those people had to dig deep and do that work, right? But mm -hmm. so much better to do it up front yeah. um, because it helps you frame then what you're going to actually go out and try to do in the world. Mm -hmm. So that would be my first piece of advice. Um, the second piece of advice I would say is get a personal board of directors. You need the objective voice um, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. to tell you that that's a good idea, a bad idea, or maybe if you tweak the idea, right? Because we all have blind spots and we fall in love with the thing that mm -hmm. we've imagined. Mm -hmm. um, and we can't see those blind spots. So you need a small group of people that are there that believe in you um, and will be fiercely honest with you mm -hmm. in the process and that you trust enough to get that honesty, mm -hmm. to get that feedback. So those would be the two big ones I would say. And then from there, it's 
be willing to experiment. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to figure it out on the first pass or the second mm -hmm. pass or even the 10th pass. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so be open to learning. Um, know what's non-negotiable. Like it's got to be a short list. It can't be 28 things. <laughs> but, um, and then just get up every day and turn the page and say, what am I going to accomplish today? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, I love that. And the, the way that you've presented the idea of what's the purpose, the mission statement, whatever, that kind of thing, rather than I want to be a speaker or like, I want to be, you know, it's, it transfers to literally any industry, whether or not you're even starting your own business. That is 100%. just, that's like saying, I want to be, I want to paint. It's like, okay, yeah. well, sure. But <laughs> why, how are there other things that you can add in there? Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. I was listening to one of your other conversations. Um, I don't recall her name and I, so I apologize, but she was a dancer. Um, and as I listened to her story about how she pivoted and adjusted and kind of found her heart song in all of it, right? Mm, um, Maddie, I think. Maddie, Maddie, that's, yeah, that was it. And, you know, I was just really impressed with, you know, whether she knew it implicitly or explicitly or consciously or unconsciously, she had some connection to her core purpose. Mm -hmm. And that core purpose was what was driving her and giving her those choices that allowed her to create and design the life she wanted, um, not the life that she encountered. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that that that's really important. And I, I hope uh, that younger people are getting that message sooner than later, mm -hmm. um, because you can have an amazing life by accident. <laughs> um, but imagine the life you could have if you did it by design. Right. And mm -hmm. by design, that means you know the purpose and you know who you are and you're learning and you're growing. It doesn't mean your pur purpose won't evolve over time. Um, but most of us have a pretty good sense mm -hmm. of, of where that pole is. And when we are aligned with the pole, um, a few things happen that are just magical. One, we're less stressed. So let's be honest, the world's stressful enough. So we don't need to add any artificial stress. Um, we're more present because we're more engaged. We're more committed to it. And amazingly, that same 24 hours that we all get, we can get more done in because we're doing it with joy. We're doing it with purpose. We're, we're in harmony, mm. if you will, with what we should be doing in the universe. And I know that sounds kind of woo-woo, um, <laughs> But that harmony is so important. Um, and I'm, I'm intentionally not using the word balance because I don't think balance is real. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's fleeting, <laughs> it's yeah. fleeting at best. But harmony is achievable. Um, and we know instinctively when we're out of harmony, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so what, the other piece of advice I give to a lot of leaders and people that I work with is keep a journal take five minutes and reflect at the end of the day. When were you out of harmony? When were you in harmony? In those moments is your truth, mm -hmm. right? So you need to find more moments of the harmony and less har moments of not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And really take ownership of that on a daily basis so that you can figure out what you need to edit in order to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In running this business with your husband, mm -hmm. 
Do you ever encounter clients or people who automatically assume that he's the one in charge or do, do people generally default to him or your son or are they, um, have they been corresponding with you so they know it's going to be you or has there ever been a disconnect in that sense with, with your business that you've encountered? No, not in the traditional way. Um, I think it's been the opposite. I think really? the opposite has happened for my husband. I think he's been like, wait, like they're going to you. What about, what about me? Um, so no, in this, this I absolutely have not, which has been fascinating. I've never thought about it. Um, but um, I, I'm going to be really candid with you. I, I don't think I've ever personally experienced the glass ceiling or any of that kind of that gender bias or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know why, um, mm -hmm. maybe I just chose to not lean into it. Um, you know, I'm sure if I go way, way back into my first career in consulting, I could come up with some, you know, mm -hmm. me too examples that I probably don't want to think about, but, um, no, I really haven't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's because, um, well, my husband would tell you it's because all of the um, creative and intellectual property that we have is out of my brain. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think he believes um, that people recognize that right away, that while he can talk about it from a, a theoretical perspective, mm -hmm. um, people pretty quickly connect with me because I'm living it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just haven't really experienced that at all, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. That, you know, and it could also be, I mean, I'm just like spitballing here yeah. in the time, in the line of work that you're in, in the mission statement behind blank page, the purpose is to make everything harmonious and make things approachable. And I feel like corporations and businesses and leaders aren't going to, um, approach an independent smaller firm without an already more open mind. And so it sounds like you've been able to experience clients and, uh, you know, interactions with people who want this, they want this, they want the harmony. So they're not going to go out of their ways to create tension yeah. and disconnect when they're already on the path to creating a better environment. You know what? I think you're spot on, Heather. Um, you're 100% right. We work with people who want to be working with us. They've already made a decision to your point that they want something different, that they want to be better, that they need to let go of past constraints in order to achieve that new state. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think you're, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And so, and, and to that, maybe that's another advantage of having your own business. I don't have to pander or try to convince mm. organizations that don't want that yeah. to, to be part of my universe, <laughs> Yeah, um, which is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, I feel like that probably definitely aids in your own harmony mm -hmm. with your household, which is also your business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So great insight. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, 
you, you know, you put the, you put the seed in my brain though. It's teamwork here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a big believer in that the best ideas are the collaboration between ideas. So um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, before we get to our last two questions, do you have anything else that you would like to add? Um, thoughts, jokes, maybe where we can find out more about your business, where people can contact you? Um, sure. Well, they can, they can contact me easily. I'm on LinkedIn <laughs> and I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Certainly they're, they're welcome to look me up. You know, I think blank page, uh, bpstudios.com is our website and it's a great place to just kind of get a little bit more, um, connected with how we think about the world. Um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to your point, we operate with, um, five principles that are non-negotiable for us. Um, and those principles are founded in um, the space of curiosity, compassion, and creativity. Um, and I think that that, if, if I could leave anything with your listeners, I would just say, you know, lean in to being curious, lean in to your creativity. And, and in order to really activate it, you've got to find compassion. You have to find compassion for yourself, for others, for the world. Um, and if you can do that, um, then you start to create the conditions for yourself to live your best life and be your best self. And then that ripple effect mm. is really the, the magic, mm -hmm. right? Because it's impossible for, if you're being your best self to not have an impact on the person closest to you and then so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we come from. Um, mm. we're just getting our blogs up and going. Um, we have a really cool campaign that we're launching in a month called fill the page where we're just going to invite the world to share their own definitions of, you know, all of these words we throw around in the business world, um, very casually, mm -hmm. you know, but what does culture mean to you? You know, mm -hmm. what does compassion mean? What do these things mean that we talk about all the time? Um, so we just really want to invite the world in to become part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm excited for this podcast um, is, is one of the small little ripple effects mm -hmm. that hopefully will get people thinking about things differently. Mm -hmm. So I ask the same last two questions to everyone that comes through the podcast. The first okay. is what is your second favorite color? Second favorite color is second. blue. Blue. What kind of blue? Um, kind of a, oh, I don't, I, don't, I almost wore it today. It's kind of a, um, a oh, aquamarine kind mm, of Like in blue. between blue? Yeah, yeah. Why do you like that? Um, it's peaceful and it's calming. Mm. Um, and I think it is inviting. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a color that I think is, um, I wear it a lot when I'm in public um, because I feel like it is, a color that isn't threatening and it, it's, there's no preconceived baggage that comes mm, with it. Like yeah. my first, my first color, you know, if, when people see it, they, they immediately jump to a lot of assumptions mm -hmm. um, that are inaccurate. I just happen <laughs> to love the color. <laughs> so. uh, my favorite color is black. So I feel you on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, really? Yeah. Well, you know, black's my third favorite color. So. <laughs> I love that you you know that was one of the quickest answers on second favorite that's so yep. funny and lastly what in your opinion is the best part of being a woman 
I think the best part about being a woman is that the world doesn't put any artificial constraints on me being whole, hmm. meaning um, I can love fiercely, I can grieve fiercely, I can be compassionate fiercely, um, and I don't feel like there's any... Um, for me, I don't feel like there's any limitation on that. Mm. Um, and that while I don't believe women can have it all at the same time, mm. I do believe that women have this unique opportunity to have it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can give birth, we can raise families, we can be nurturing, we can be powerful, we can change the world, right? Um, and, and we can be fluid in those choices, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, much more fluid than sometimes men um, are allowed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that fluidity. I think it um, is empowering. And I think it, you know, allows you to look at life differently. Mm. Like when I wake up every day, I'm going to give away my age here, but like I marvel at the fact that I have 40 or 50 years left to live. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, what can I do with 40 or 50 years? Like yeah. I haven't even begun. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like as a woman, because I get to, to play all of these different roles, mm-hmm. that that 40 or 50 years just is exciting. Yeah. Um, because the roles just will continue to mm-hmm. be deeper. And, and I love that. Yes. Especially, you know, as, as, as humans get older, we obviously grow more insight into coming into the things that you want and you love, and then being able to look around as, as, as a woman and say, and look at your children and your grandchildren and still be in this other part of your life that you're like, all right, I did the mom thing. I'm doing the grandmother thing, but at the same time, I can also be like CEO bad bitch. Like I got it. (laughs) You know, that's right. That's right. That's And and it's really, it's really cool. And so I, I feel really, uh, blessed and fortunate. And, um, I don't think I've even begun to tap into the power of who I am as a person. Mm. Um, and I look forward to continuing that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm. I, I guess I should thank all the powerful role models I've had in my life for that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a huge not thing. A lot of, not a lot of constraints when it came to what was possible in my world. That's awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Cindy. I really appreciate what you're doing and trying to create healthier and happier, more successful work environments for everyone. I think that's a unique mission to have. And uh, I, I, I really love it. So thank, thank you, you so much for, for taking the time to sit down with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. I love, um, love getting to know you and, um, I'm ex- <laughs> and I'll keep following you. I really have enjoyed your podcast. So thank oh, you. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in again. We at Women of Her Story can't tell you how much we appreciate you. 
please, oh, please rate and review the show. It really helps the podcast grow and get noticed by more and more people so that everyone can be inspired by these incredible women that we get to talk to every week. You can follow us on Instagram at Women of Her Story Podcast, and you can also shoot us an email to Women of Her Story Podcast at gmail.com. Until next week, be safe, stay healthy, and show the world what you're made of. <laughs>